Human laziness causes a ghost to be born. The most annoying case of first contact. And then we've all heard the story of the Garden of Eden of Adam and Eve. But did you know that the gravesite of Eve, mother of all humanity, has been found in the Middle East? It's, the location's been known for a thousand years. And she's gigantic today on Dead Rabbit Radio. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a lot of stuff to cover, so we're going to get started. But first off, I got to say thank you to our newest Patreon supporter, Thomas Redacted. Yes, his last name has been redacted, so he just has to go by the name Thomas. Now, Thomas, thank you so much for supporting the Patreon. He's actually, the reason why his name is redacted, he's currently working on an SCP VR game. He's building it himself. So that's pretty cool, man. I love it when you guys are, are creative and doing creative things and always working on stuff. So SCP, the game is called SCP Secure Contain Survive. And it should be coming out when he finishes it. No pressure, Thomas, but thanks for supporting the show. If you can't support the Patreon, that's okay. Just help get the word out about the show. Really, really helps a lot. Leaving reviews wherever you listen to podcasts really helps a lot. We have flyers in the show notes you can download to put up around your town. Everything helps so, so much. Let's go ahead and get started here. Thank you, Thomas, for your support. We're going to give Thomas the keys to the Carpenter Copter, and we're flying out to Alabama. And Thomas right there hit that time travel button. We're going back to the very nonspecific era of the early 1800s. Now, I know what you're thinking, Jason. Wait a second. We're going to Alabama. It's the early 1800s. Does this story involve a bunch of slaves? Of course it does. Helicopter, we're flying back in time. We're flying over Alabama. Now, again, usually I'm super skeptical of stories that are just early 1800s. They couldn't even give us a decade. But we're going to land this helicopter. We landed in this dude's field. This guy comes out to greet us. He's Dr. John Purefoy. Hello, people. Welcome to my farm. Don't look over there. Don't look over at the slave quarters. That that will make me be a bad human. No, look over here at all of this other stuff. We're like, dude, there's slaves over there, too. No, no, no. Those are servants. It's a difference, my friend. Come, join us. Servants, fetch them some lemonade. Now we're drinking lemonade. And he's like, welcome to my estate. Anyways, I'm a doctor. And I'm, tr- I'm going to change my voice back to a normal voice, so I'm not irritating. That's the next story he's irritating. Dr. Purefoy tells us this. Hey, guys, listen. Malaria is sweeping the region. But I'm really good at curing it. I'm really, really good at taking the air out of malaria, and it suffocates and dies. And we're just like, we're, we're like, ha, ha, ha. We kind of chuckle. As he's like assuring these two big servants to come be to supper, like, ha, ha, ha. That was funny. And he's like, okay, servants, you can leave. Anyways, he's trying to trying to relieve malaria. And he's treating these patients at his house, which he really should have warned us about before he invited us on the porch for a lemonade. But right in the door next to us, we hear all these people dying. But he has this well in his backyard. Apparently, this is a true story. Apparently, John Purefoy was a doctor. He was treating malaria patients. And he had a well in his backyard, but the well goes dry. So he tells his servants 
according to the terminology used in this story, servants, you need to start going down to the river and bringing me back some water. Now, the river was down by Savage Hill, which was a mile away. So they're like, oh, are you serious? He's like, dude, I got these people dying of malaria. You know some of these guys. You know uh, Thomas. Now Thomas is no longer piloting the helicopter. Now he has malaria. Ugh. He's melting in the bed on the other side of the wall. As we're still drinking lemonade. Uh, Jason, no, don't make me. <coughs> don't make me part of this story. And Dr. Purefoy goes, yeah, look at Thomas. He's dying here. Go walk a mile away, servants, and get buckets of water. You got to bring them back. And I need a lot of water, guys. And they're like, oh, man. They're all walking, walking to the river. Oh, man, stupid malaria. I wish I had malaria. I, I could lay in bed all day long. I wouldn't have to walk a mile. They start getting buckets of water. Now, the servants come up with a plan. Dude, this sucks. This is the worst job ever. So, let's go tell Dr. Purefoy that we can't get the water. Now, they're servants, so they just can't, like, quit or put in their Dewey's notice. They have to come up with a plan. They have to have an idea. So they go back to Dr. Purefoy with a bunch of empty buckets. Because he's like, dude, people are dying here. You can't be lollygagging. I sent you guys out. And they're like, hey, listen, this is what happened, man. So we were walking with the empty buckets and to go get water. And there's, like, this fence but yet you have to you have to walk around right to get to Savage Hill. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the geography of the area. He goes, but on the other side, the servant goes, but on the other side of the fence was a witch. What? There's a witch out there now? Yes. There's a maybe she's causing malaria. I don't know. I'm no doctor, but there's a witch on the other side of the fence. And when we walk around the fence, like so, we walk around the fence, we get the water, and then when we're coming back, the witch is jumping out. And scaring us and making all the water fall out of the buckets. And then we came back here to tell you this. Again, this is supposedly a real story. This is a local legend in this area. I didn't say this earlier. It's in Furman, Furman, Alabama. Furman, Alabama is the name of this place, which is hilarious. So anyways, this is supposedly a true local legend. And I believe John Purefoy is a real person as well. But anyways, the point is, is that... This real real person or not, real person or a local legend, John Purefoy is obviously not happy. The fact that he's sending his employees out to go get water and a witch is attacking them. Now, he obviously doesn't believe there's a witch out there. He has way bigger things to worry about, i.e. his house full of dying people. So he goes, listen, okay, that's fine. There's a witch out there or whatever. You have two choices. You can go bring back water, witch or not. But they're going to scare me. Okay, then don't... If you know the witch is behind the fence, it's only going to work one time. Second time, you're not going to be scared. But anyways, you can either do that, or you can go in the backyard and dig me another well. But I need water. These people are dying. So the servants go, I will dig you another well. And he goes, fine, fine, fine. But he realizes that they don't know how to dig a well. They've never dug a well in their life. So he goes... So he has to leave. Thomas is like, no, no, more medicine. And Dr. Purefoy gets up and goes into the backyard. The story's taking a lot longer than I thought it would. Dr. Purefoy is now standing in the backyard. Now he's directing his slaves, because that's what they are. They're not servants. He's directing his slaves to dig a well. And the whole time, he's like, this is how you safely dig a well. You have to put these bracings all along the side. You dig down. You move the brace down, you keep digging down, you move the brace down. This is how you safely do it. And he stood up there, and he goes, do you guys, like, they've dug half the well at this point. And he goes, do you guys 
have this you guys are you guys are going to do this safely right and they're like yes we are sir yes we are and he's like, oh, okay he goes back into take care of thomas who's in the final stages of malaria poisoning or whatever it is dr purifoy walks away and after about an hour the slaves go ah this sucks this is taking too long we don't need the safety things on the side we can just continue to dig the well and then supposedly it'll fill up with water and then the guy who's down there will just float to the top done and done so they keep digging the well and they stop using the side braces because it did take too long and then that's not that's not a motorcycle coming that's not a guy going uh, you can't see what i'm doing it's not a guy shaking his jowls that's the sound of the well collapsing. Oh no, Bobby! <laughs> Bunch of dirt falls in on the guy at the bottom of the well. <laughs> Dr. Purefoy, damn it, comes running out of the house because he hears it. What happened? There's no one down there, right? And everyone's like, uh, define down there. And he's like, is there a, is there a human being trapped in this collapsed well? Yes. Yes, there is, sir. Well, so they start digging. Start trying to dig this guy out. Hours later, hours later, they're still digging, and they can start to hear him uh, uh, crying from this collapsed well. And they dig, 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 never find his body. And you're like, Jason, come on, this story's 100% made up, dude. How can you not find a body? Go, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, okay? They dig, 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 dig. His body disappeared a hundred years ago, tonight, and the well was in your backyard. No, they, they dig, 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 they can't find his body. And then they're like, oh, well, like, we better start going to the river again, because all these people are dying. But to this day, this is where it gets super spooky. You're like, Jason, a human being buried alive is, is pretty darn spooky. You're right. But... Even to this day, the place where that well is, there's like a depression in the yard. It's like a big dip, right? And no grass grows, which that part isn't technically scary because there's a lot of places there's no grass. Oh no, the desert, it's cursed. There's no grass that grows right over where this well hole was. And then sometimes like, so you're, the Purefoy house is a real house. This is a real location you go visit. So if you're ever in Furman, Alabama, you can go to the Purefoy house and you can see this little well indentation in the back. And sometimes the ghost of the man buried in the well will appear, like just sitting there. And he'll cry. And his tears will burn the grass, which is stupid because it's an interesting poetic detail. But one, how does a ghost how does a ghost cry? Two, if he's sitting on a place where grass doesn't grow anyways, are his tears like shooting out at 90 degree angles? Boo! Like he's a cartoon character from the 1980s, and when he cries, it just shoots out in two giant streams, like sprinklers. That's it's an interesting visual. It would make you think that he's being tormented somehow because tears are cool, but if it's burning I get it. But it's completely illogical. The idea of a ghost sitting on top of an indentation in the dirt, I can buy that. His tears having the ability to scorch life, I find absolutely ridiculous. But also, so he sits on top of the hole, and then you'll hear him sometimes late at night. You're walking around the Purefoy house, and you'll hear him going, Get me out here! Please! Please get me out! 
Which is creepy because, again, it builds the idea that how you die is how you're tormented. Interesting story. Now, I would be more concerned about, okay, so you go visit the Purefoy house and you're like standing, it's late at night and you're looking out the window, looking in the backyard and you see like the ghost of a old slave sitting on the ground going, help me, please get me out of here. And you're like, man, that was creepy. And then you turn around and you're confronted with the ghost of 30 people who died of malaria just standing behind you, sunken eyeballs, sweaty skin, hands reaching out towards you. Ah, I shouldn't have had my back to this malaria hospital. Ah. Interesting story. I can almost tell you what the breakdown is. I bet you there's a house really called the Purefoy house with an odd indentation in the back. And this story was reconstructed about it. I'm sure that Purefoy was a real doctor. He probably was treating malaria patients in his room. I think everything else is a fable. I think it's a fable for one of two reasons. One, we have no accurate detail of when the story actually took place other than the early 1800s, which is a huge swath. That's everything from 1800 to 1850. And if there was some sort of paranormal event, if this area was some sort of vortex for a ghost or whatever, dying in a hole, that's horrible. But also dying in a disease-ridden house with your family dying next to you because everyone has malaria is equally horrible. So you think there would be ghosts in both locations. So, But the house itself probably isn't creepy. There's probably just some weird geographical formation. No grass grows in this area. And people have made the story up since. But an interesting story nonetheless. So let's go ahead and move on to our next story. But first off, let's take a moment of silence for Thomas Redacted. He died of malaria during that story. And he gave his life. So we may continue on. So thank you, Thomas. We will carry his ashes around in this vibe. Whoops! Spilt it. Sorry, Thomas. Oh, well, I appreciated your Patreon donation as you flowed away in the in the wind. Now we're going to hop back in the carpenter copter. We are headed to Montauk Point, Long Island. So that's in the New York area. Montauk area, Montauk Island, I don't know exactly what it's called. Has a long history of being connected to conspiracy theories. I guess that's what Stranger Things is kind of based on. I've heard some whispers that Stranger Things is based on a true story. I'll have to do some more research on that. It's just a weird kind of... It's kind of like an Area 51, but less famous and more bizarre. So we'll cover that in a future story. Now that you got excited, you're like, what? I want to hear about that. Hold on, hold on. Today we're going to hear about a story from 1988. Now, I've been going through my 1988 file. They're basically short little blurbs that I find fairly interesting. Let's take a look at this one. It's winter 1988, so not a specific date. That always makes it a little more odd, but we're not really focused on the details. This one is a story that I want you to imagine you've spent your whole life waiting to see aliens, and this is the one you meet. There's a couple people walking through the woods, and we're going to join them. So so we're walking alongside of them. Thomas is back to life, but he's made of dust now. He has the powers of dust, which is just the power to lay there on flat surfaces. We're walking through the forest with these people. It's late at night. And then we see these multicolored lights shining through the trees. Hey, guys, come over here. Look at this. We start walking through. I'm assuming it's snowing because it's New York. It's winter. That's us walking through the snow. Apparently, the snow is made out of crate paper. Super loud. We see these flashing lights. And then we see a creature we've never seen before. Almost no human has probably ever seen before. It's nine feet tall. Whoa, look at that thing. It's kind of moving slowly through the forest. 
So let me read you this description from the website, thinkaboutitdocs.com. They could only make out its shape, not its features. Since it was covered, or made out of, some kind of orange and yellow neon fluid. There were no eye sockets or mouth that they could see. So that's that's pretty alien, right? Like, you're looking at it and it almost looks like... How would you even... I mean, I think an orange and yellow neon fluid. So was it very, like... Did it look like a hot lava monster like you imagined when it was a kid? Was there any sort of dripping? Did it look like it was undulating? Did it look like it was just some sort of mass? Or did it have a defined humanoid shape? But there's something about it that gave it the appearance of not being a solid, but of being a fluid. Very, very interesting description of an alien, and I can't think of anything we've talked about that's come close to that. The Conformers, which was a silica-based alien, is the only thing that's vaguely close to it. This one is a fluid-walking creature, alien cryptid. But it turns and looks at us, and then it lets off a noise. And I'm going to read this quote again from thinkaboutitdocs.com. It let out a whale. I'm going to tell you this too, guys. If you're listening to this on headphones, be prepared, okay? Because we got it. We I had to replicate this sound. But I'm going to give you, I'm just giving you a warning now to start taking the headphones off. It let out a whale that sounded like a combination of an air raid siren and grating metal. creature then begins running towards us full speed we turn we run we're running through the forest it's running after us and we start to see it run by power line cables and each time it passes one the power line cables spark now absolutely bizarre story apparently these people got away because they lived to tell it fascinating story terrible vision of an alien race we would never want to meet that sound effect would have that you want to talk to aliens like if if aliens came down and they just like looked at you and were like "Eh," and just kept going it would still be cool that you saw an alien but i think the thing about first contact people want to meet aliens they want answers they want to be able to trade technology or go to war with them like me I want to be able to engage in open warfare with something that I don't care if they die or not, which would be me versus aliens. So, that. If I, though, had first contact with this, like, I would be like, fine, keep the, keep the secrets of the universe. Oh, you have the cures to all known diseases? Nah, nah, it's fine. No, dude, seriously, no, 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 no. You're cool, dude. Just, you can go, take that. We'll figure it out on our own, bro. We'll, no, no, okay, no, 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 no. You're good, you're good. That would be the most <laughs> flat-out annoying alien to talk to. I'd rather hang out with Alf. I'd rather have Alf as a Siamese twin, and I'm eating the cats, than hang out with that dude. So sorry, Neon Liquid Man. You did scare us. You gave us a good scare. You chased us away. This story may or may not be true, but you would be the most annoying alien to hang out with. Let's go ahead and move on to our last story. Now, our last story is actually a request, and it's surprisingly short surprisingly short because there's not a ton of information on it i looked around a lot this is a request from a listener named enio he sent me a bunch of stuff a bunch of really interesting stuff so i really really appreciate that we're leaving behind montauk we're flying away montauk we are headed to Jeddah in saudi arabia and we're walking around now in Jeddah, there's a neighborhood called al-balad and 
in Alblad, there is just this nothing. It's just like, it's the literal nothing. It's devouring existence. It's this, just like kind of like a flat area. And it's like, there's nothing there. And I'm like, here it is, guys. Get out your pitchforks and your shovels. And everyone's like, what? I thought we were going to visit a graveyard. And I go, well, we are. And I point out at this vast expanse. Now, this is an interesting story. Sami Noir. Sami Noir. This is this guy. He's the Jeddah's general director for the city's cultural and tourism department. Summed it up best. Summed up this whole story. It's best. Quote, it's a legend, but it's one mentioned by many scholars. So it's something people just go, yeah, yeah, it's probably fake, but everybody talks about it. And what it is, is that supposedly in Jeddah is the gravesite of Eve. So, this is one of the stories that I never really even considered. So you have Adam and Eve. Now, I guess I never really thought about them having gravesites. I have no idea where Adam's buried, but it's supposedly Eve, the mother of all humanity, is buried in Jeddah. So... Why isn't there, like, a theme park built around her grave? Come on down, Garden of Eden, the big old slide. You, like, go up the slide, and then you eat an apple, and then it descends all the way into madness, darkness, and death, and then you get back off. You're like, oh, let's do that again. You walk around naked, and then you, I don't know, eat eat more apples. The whole thing's just apple-themed, and then you get a little leaf put on you. Whatever. The point is, is that why wouldn't this be a big tourist destination? Why wouldn't you have every scientist in the world? I know why you wouldn't have every scientist in the world down there, because they don't believe the story's true. But why wouldn't it be a big tourist destination? Well, apparently... So let's go back in time a bit. We're not going all the way back in time to the beginning of humanity, but the earliest mention we see of this being Eve's gravesite is the 9th century AD. So here's the thing. That's already way later than she would have died. So that's a little bit of a red flag that we never hear. We see this written about until the ninth century, but we do see people start talking about this after that. And it was also in the English translation of 1001 Arabian Nights. This is mentioned that this is the site of Eve's grave. But the like churches do, we'll see it in Catholicism, we'll see it not so much in Protestantism or Protestants. They seem to be, because it's so fractured, they seem to be more consistent. But Catholicism and Islam will do this. You'll see these shifts. You'll see these shifts in theology and the way things are interpreted. Later on, they uh, Islam goes, you know what, we don't want to venerate the dead. We don't want to have tombs for people. I guess there's, and I didn't know this either, there's not a lot of graveyards in the Middle East. It's just like they're dead. They're somewhere else. We're not going to have. We're not going to have graveyards. So no, they have graveyards. The bodies just aren't sticking on the street. But they don't do tombstones. They don't do mausoleums. So when word gets out that Eve has a giant, and we'll get to that in a second, a giant gravesite, and theology is changing, people in Jeddah go pave it over, get rid of it. What? This is the mother of all humanity. We don't believe that they should have a mausoleum or a marker for their body. So why would even Eve get one? In the February 27th issue, 1928, of Time magazine, there's an article saying supposedly this is the resting place of Eve, but the government of Saudi Arabia is destroying it. So this wasn't a local legend. This was something that was, again, not everyone believed Eve was actually in there. 
but people believed that this place existed. This wasn't a well in someone's backyard that may or may not have been a hole. This is something that people from the 9th century to 1920, to even today, said this is a gravesite. Most likely the gravesite of Eve, but there definitely is a body buried underneath here. In the February 27th, 1928 issue of Time Magazine, they talk about the the actual like structure, the headstone and all that stuff being destroyed for it, the marker. And then in 1975, they encased the whole area in concrete. And that's what we're looking at now. It's just a flat, basically a parking lot that you can't put cars on. So a gravesite of supposedly the mother of humanity is now encased underneath all of this concrete. And you go, the interesting story. Interesting story. Probably not true. It would be weird that none of this was ever mentioned until the 9th century. But possible, right? Possible. You could have her buried, and and we've seen societies rise and fall, and records rise and fall and get destroyed and stuff like that. Stuff could be discovered, rediscovered, and all that. So it's possible, however unlikely. I guess the main thing is whether or not you believe Eve existed in the first place. However, there is another interesting twist to this. This grave, this grave, right? 426 feet long, 9 feet wide, 19 feet high. So now we're looking at this concrete, flattened area. And you go, you're telling me that underneath this is a casket that's 19 feet high, 420 feet long? I throw my arm over your shoulder and I go, that's not even the weird part. Now, of course... A pharaoh buried in a pyramid isn't as big as the pyramid. I have arisen! Knock off all of the bricks. The size of the grave doesn't necessarily equal the size of the person inside of it. That would be awesome, but that's not the case. But that grave has grown over time. Here's this quote. This quote's actually interesting for two reasons. Here's this quote. This quote was in 1928. This is when they were first getting ready to knock down all the markers for the gravesite. This is from Sardar Iqbal Ali Shah. He was a historian. He was a Muslim historian. Eve must have been a lady of formidable proportions. For the original grave, I was told, was some eight feet long. So when he, he was told that when she was originally buried, the grave was eight feet and now it's 428 feet. So we can take we have two takeaways from that. One, she was definitely 8 feet tall or let's say she was 7 feet tall cuz you want to have some room, right? She's the mother of all humanity. You don't want her cramped up in a box. But she could have been at least 7 feet tall, but over the centuries the the casket keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Now that makes you think either one the story's totally fake, two People keep adding to the gravesite. Or three, she's magical and she's continuing to grow. Like Rita Repulsa hit her with some beam. She's getting bigger and bigger and her gravesite's getting bigger and bigger. And eventually she will, I have arisen, and break out of Jeddah and just start smashing people. So the monument grew. But even originally it was this big box. But let me continue this quote. Eve must have been a lady of formidable proportions. For the original grave, I was told was some eight feet long. It was as well, therefore, that she had not survived to welcome us in the flesh. For although this is... I've never heard this stereotype before. I'm a 43-year-old man. 
I've heard almost every stereotype in the books. I know stereotypes that are so obscure, most people have never heard of them before. This one I've never heard before. For, for although it is rumored that we Muslims have an eye for ladies of heroic proportion, we draw the line at the Titanic. Is that a thing? Do Muslim dudes like giant women? Is that an actual... St- Apparently in 1928, the rumor was going around, oh, dude... You see that guy over there? Yeah, he's Muslim. Oh, that explains why he's with that WNBA star. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, dude, living up to the stereotype. Oh, man, no, I love her for her personality. Not for the fact that her knees come up to my waist. Oh, come on, man. Come on. Is that a... Does that stereotype still exist? I'm, I am extremely interested if people still get... If people... Is this a thing? Apparently, at least in 1928, this was a thing. Back in time, Scotch people were known to be really stingy. Maybe around the same time, Muslims were known for dating giant women. But they draw the line at the Titanic. I can date a woman that's 8 feet tall, but there's no way I'm dating a woman that's 428 feet tall. No way. I don't care what your personality's like. And then we go back to this. He says, um, It is rumored that we Muslims have an eye for ladies of heroic proportion. We draw the line at the Titanic. But... I was told that the grave had mysteriously extended itself by the time I arrived to its present gigantic proportions. So, a whole host of questions. And a whole host of questions that nobody's really asking. The most important one is, is Eve actually buried under there? But because the city of Jeddah is like, doesn't yeah, there might be some, you know, what, what, what grave? What grave? I just see a parking lot, buddy. Move along. Unless you want to get parked there, too. You're like, huh? Is Eve actually buried there? Is anyone buried under there? Is she gigantic? And the most pressing question, is she growing? Right? I mean, that would be the main question you would want to answer. If you opened it up and you found the first woman of all humanity, you'd be like, whoa, the stories are true. If you opened it up, if you opened up the grave and you found her big toe was the size of a Tesla, you'd be like, run, run now, get out. Two very interesting questions, both coming from the same story, and nobody's asking these questions. I was surprised, once I learned about the story, and again, thank you, Ennio, because again, I never thought about it. I was like, whoa, Eve's tomb, people have an idea of where it's at. Not a lot of people are asking these questions. And I think it's because the questions are really so absurd, right? It's just absolutely bizarre. And it's a question that I never, never asked myself before. Where would Adam and Eve be buried? And when I started looking into that, I never thought, is Eve slowly growing over time? If she was 428 feet tall in the 1970s, how tall is she today? I don't know. I almost have no way to end this episode. And in this episode, otherwise, it's so particularly bizarre that this grave is growing. If it is, if it's even growing at all, I think I've basically broke my brain on this story. And I just recently did a story about Chester Cheetah running around Mexican bathrooms. So I don't know if it's just the end of the week. I don't know if it's the fact that I've never considered this topic and it's it's more bizarre than I ever could have thought. But I have no other way to end this episode except to say deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. 
Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. <laughs>